This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Tanner Green Ring. Howdy. Howdy. And welcome to America again. Thank you. Welcome back. We're back. Mm-hmm. Last time we talked, we were in Mexico. Mm-hmm. De Mexico? Probably N. I don't know. You're the one who's taken a bunch of Spanish lessons. Si. <laughs> and now you're back in Austin, Texas. I'm back in Brooklyn, New York. Forget yeah. about it. And we read a book. We read a book. I loved it. You loved it. I loved it. There was a lot of Janine in it, so I could see why you'd love it. I think that we got, in this novel, more excellent Janine content than we have had since Claudia and Mean Janine, book, I believe, number five, about 120 books ago, was the last Janine was time. being uh, mega dong. No. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I disagree. Already. Mega Dong Nerdlinger. No, she was cool as hell. This whole book. She was very cool. I've got Can a I read you a quote? Please, yeah, I'll read you some quotes. I've got a whole Let's, section. Tell on... me tell me how cool this is, Jack. Okay. Uh Janine and Claudia are hanging out doing sister stuff together. Yeah. How about adding a little Oh yeah, this is my quote as well. C twelve H twenty two O eleven to this equation. <laughs> Janine asked. Yeah. I leaned over and looked at my math paper. Uh, which one? Janine laughed. <laughs> C12, H22, O11. It's the chemical compound for sucrose, the main component of your junk food. That's you think, and that's cool to you. Okay, let me read it to you in a slightly different way. Yeah. This is how I read it. She sounds like Data. She's like, the main component of your carbon-based life forms, junk food. You sound like Data. This is how I read it. How about adding a little C12H22011 to this equation? Janine asked. I leaned over and looked at my math paper. (laughs) Which one? Janine laughed. (laughs) C12H22011 is the chemical compound for sucrose, the main component of your (laughs) junk food. You you want some candy? I asked. (laughs) So you see Janine as more of like a Niles Crane. Y- yeah. And yeah. like a wine and cheese, like doing an anecdote. Suave, sophisticated. Yeah. And she knows that's a joke. That's not how she actually talks about sucrose. She's doing a bit. And Claudia's not smart enough to get it. It's a bad bit. And Janine's a dong nerdlinger. I am so taken in this novel with the Janineuses clarity of language and expression let me read you another example of how she talks claudia you're aware of the restrictions on your use of the telephone before you complete your homework assignments janine reminded me i rolled my eyes janine sometimes talks as if she's choosing words out of a special genius dictionary especially when the subject is schoolwork there are a few principles in this assignment that need further clarification you sound like william shatner isn't that good (laughs) Go ahead. Come sit here and we'll discuss the issues that are contributing to your errors. 
Janine patted the seat of my desk chair. Don't be discouraged. You're doing an admirable job. Especially in light of the fact that this concept was only recently introduced. Your errors may simply be a matter of too little attention to detail. <laughs> Just insufferable. So much Janine. Who talks week. like that? She reaches out across the aisle. Yeah. Extends an olive branch across the aisle. Yeah. Trying to work intra-party. With Claudia. To just get something done for once in this broken system. Yeah. And Claudia bats it back because she's too consumed with herself, her own advancement, her popularity with her friends. And because Janine is a dong nerdlinger. Uh, Janine did what say one thing that was oddly poetic. Mm-hmm. I don't mind spending the evening with my sit Here, I'll do it in my Janine voice. I don't mind spending the evening with my sister. Janine smiled and pushed her glasses up on her nose. Jerry was a person whose presence in my life expanded geometrically rather than arithmetically, taking up more time than one person should. Beautiful. That's beautiful. boyfriend, literal boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend. Ex- Jerry Michaels. Jerry Michaels. Jerry is a person whose presence in my life expanded geometrically rather than arithmetically. That is a beautiful turn of phrase. Beautiful. Uh, Tanner, I was thinking maybe we could introduce the show. Hi, hi. My name's Tanner Greenring. This is Babysitter's Club Club. Anna Martin, first of her name, last of her kind, last of her humankind. Hi, hi. Do you want to do your recap? Hi, hi. My name's Jack Shepard. This is the Babysitter's Club Club. Anna Martin, first of her name, last of her kind, last hope for humankind. Yeah. Do you want to do your recap? Uh, sure. Okay. You want to put time on the clock? Hey, Tanner, this is a fun thing to remind you just now, because yeah. I used to say this to you all the time back in the yeah. old days, but yeah. it's been a while since we've had to have this conversation. Yeah. I'm aware. So the reason that Tanner's being so pliant and allowing us to introduce the show, to immediately start talking about the book, um, to get to the recaps is because he has what we call in the business a hard out. He wants to yeah. leave in about an hour and 20 minutes or so. Yep. May I remind you, Tanner, that speaking faster does not make the time go faster. It would if you stopped interrupting me. And no, no, no. It's, I think what you, you've misunderstood what's going on here. We're not trying to get through a set amount of things that we need to say, and if we get done early, we can leave. We need to talk <laughs> for a set amount of time, no matter what. Yeah. Do you get? Do you? Does that track for you, or do okay. you think? In hi in, hi and welcome. Okay. To mm-hmm. the Babysitters Club, Club. Club. I'm your host, Tanner Greenring, and I'm your host, Jack Shepard. You couldn't even like. I just gave. I, I teed up that ball for you, and you couldn't even do parallel construction that well. You I did, did it. Good. You did it, but you you your intonation made it weird. I was like, "I'm your host, Tanner Green." You're in. You're like, "I'm your host, Jack Shepard." <laughs> I think if we play the tape back, you'll find that that's not the case. But please carry on. What do we do here? Uh, this is a podcast in which we read the works of the Princess of the Prince of Towns, the Primarch mm-hmm. of. Princeton? Princeton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Bane to Bats, uh-huh. the, the Soul Skinner. Yep. The Mother of Time. Clocks. Clocks. Mm-hmm. Mother of Clocks. 
the first of her name, uh, last of her kind, last hope for humankind, Mm -hmm. Princess Annabelle Matthews Martin, Mm -hmm. Stormboard, and Sanctified. (laughs) She is the hand that shakes. She is also the hand that shakes this week. This week we read Babysitter's Club number one, two, three. Claudia's Big Party. And it was great. Someone's going to pay for this. Yeah. Oh, that's what Hodges says. That's what Hodges says. Someone's going to pay for this. These books are getting more and more ominous on the cover, Baby Nation. (laughs) I was super excited to pick this up because as soon as I looked at the cover, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, boy. It just says Hodges has written, someone's going to pay for this. I wonder if we did like a um, Zodiac Killer style analysis of like Hodges' recent blurbs on the cover yeah we could suss some kind of message out i bet we could someone's Someone's gonna pay for this this. pretty blatant hodges yeah this novel was written by annabelle matthews martin with a helping hand from tanner some some no name (laughs) No, no 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 not a no name once you enter into the hallowed halls of the babysitter's League of Extraordinary Ghost Riders. You, yeah. a demigod at you best. You are pulled from obscurity. A minor deity. Onto Mount Olympus itself. Vicky Berger Irwin. Vicky Berger Irwin. We have never heard of her before. I did, did you have a look to see what she's up to? I wouldn't dare. It's interesting. I, wanna, I wonder I if Anne. I wouldn't want to spoil it for myself. And and the scholastic liars, as I call uh-huh. them, are yeah. doing this deliberately. Because burger, as you know, in French, berger means berger. shepherd. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to mean hamburger. <laughs> okay, no. So let's, should we look her up? Yeah. Let's figure out what her deal is. Vi- <gasps> All around me are familiar faces. Jack Googles, Jack Googles. He is Googling Vicky Irwin and her bibliography, or maybe some other stuff that she's been up to. Oh, she seems so cool. Is she? Yeah, she does. What is it- she's, what's some of the stuff she's done? She does a dancing thing that I like here. What? What does that mean? Well, I've got some pictures of her doing a swing dancing. Huh. Um, Are you sure it's the right? Oh, she looks nice. Oh, she looks she looks she looks like a mom. It's funny, all these ghostwriters are so ominous in so many ways, but Vicky seems like it's crazy that they brought this person in who just seems like a lovely person. She's from a town in Missouri. Okay, well she's written Okay. She's written a she, book. She wrote a book called Who Kidnapped Jesus? Yeah, and then she's written this book called Slaying in South St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, that one looks pretty serious. Okay, so she has some dark tastes. Yeah. Scooby-Doo and You by Vicki Berger Irwin. She's eclectic. She's so talented. I think she might be Canadian. She wrote a book called Seas for Canada. Anything else we can suss out about her? Vicki Berger Irwin. Oh, wow. Listen to this one. Apple paperbacks. Vicky Berger Irwin. The Mystery of the Secret Dolls. Oh, there it is. 
There it is. There it is. That's what got their attention. You thought you could sneak that one by us, huh, Vicky? Here's what it says on the cover of this novel, The Mystery of the Secret Dolls by Vicky Berger Irwin. They were the only ones who believed in the dolls. (laughs) (laughs) And it's got two 13-year-old girls holding a doll at arm's length there's a light emitting from the doll's face. The young women are backlit by this doll. Jack, I would hate to overcommit us, but do we need to read this as a bonus episode? Almost certainly. Because that must have been what got Anne's attention. Yeah. Anne was like, oh. Oh, Vicky, she's Canadian? Yeah. Well, she likes she's from St. Sh- Louis. Oh, yeah, she's from St. Louis. <laughs> That's just slander. <laughs> I'm in like I liked her writing. I thought this was a oh, good book. I thought it was wonderful. She brought Janine to life. She brought Josh Rocker to life. Oh yeah. Mystery of the I'm seeing if Mystery of the Secret Dolls is on iBooks. Oh man, yeah. I'm looking forward to reading the Mystery of the Secret Dolls. And she wrote a hell of a book. Yeah. And her middle name means shepherd in French. Vicky the Shepherd Irwin. We call her the Shepherd. What does Vicky mean? Well, it's probably from Victoria, right? Which means victory. Okay. What does Irwin mean? Um, victory over shepherd. Erwin means army friend. Army friend. Yeah, it's a variant of Irvin. It's from the personal name Erwin from Herwin, a compound of Old High German Harry, army, plus Vini, friend. Huh. Interesting. So v- victory over the shepherds. Yep. Friendly army. Do you think by friendly, the shepherds' friendly army... Mm-hmm. She means baby nation? Yeah, I see that. So she's representing herself as being the everyman. No, no, no. Victory over uh, the shepherd's friendly army. She's claiming conquest over baby nation. Yeah. She's yeah. saying, I have conquered you. I have conquered you. That does make sense to me. Well, and she conquered me with her with her sharp writing. Prose. Yeah. Her wit. Slay. Slay, Vicky. Slay, Vicky. Slay. Well, welcome to the club, Vicky. We're very excited to meet you. We think you immediately deserve a place in the Pantheon. Uh, Lesser God. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Lesser deity. Maybe she, if she does the rest of them. What do you mean? She, did you say she does the rest of them? I'm saying if she does the rest of them, she's going to earn a place. She will not have done the rest of them. I would take her on for another run at this if I were Anne and the Scholastic Wires. Don't you dare look it up. I swear to God I will murder you if you look it up. I was going to look it up, but I don't want to be murdered. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry, that was, I needed to say something to just get you off the track. Shall I describe this novel, and then we'll have you do it? Yes, please. Okay. Yes, please. Great. I'm going to describe this novel, then we're going to put 60 seconds on this big bag clock that I happen to have handy, and we'll have you do the same. I'm going to begin now. A young socialite torn between her new friends, her old friends, and her insufferable family. Tries to secure her place. Are we doing? Are we doing accents for our recaps this week? I am. Should I do an accent? I was. Would I do mine? I was in the middle of it. I'd rather you don't. I'll do Scottish. Uh, no, I actually really don't want that. I'm trying to bring a little bit of class to this. This week, no. Mar- uh, Claudia Cache. I'll tell you what. No accents. Well, I thought we both had fun with it. No, let's not. This week, Claudia Cache. Goes to 
uh, do a party with her friends. That's my Scottish. Bad. Awful. <laughs> I, Jesus, was there a fucking crime scene outside your house? Yeah, there's a crime scene. <laughs> it's Brooklyn. <laughs> Can I read it now? Um, will you do your English accent, please? I found it very soothing. I'll do the accent only if you promise not to do one for yours. Mine's good, though. Awful. But fine. A young socialite, torn between her new friends, her old friends, and her insufferable family, tries to secure her place at the top of the social hierarchy by throwing the event of the season, an elegant party that will be the talk of the town for years to come. But once word of the soiree gets about and some unexpected guests begin to arrive, all bets are off, and... The event of the season teeters on the brink of becoming the disaster of the century. Claudia's big party. <sighs> Just greasing up my accent hole here. Yeah, I'd rather you didn't. Hmm. Um, We're both taking big swigs, trying to grease up our accent holes. Yep, that's a good way of saying that. Um, I described the book. I guess we'll just dive into you describing the book. We've already talked about the Janinius. I've got a lot more things I want to dig into. There's a lot going on in this fantastic novel by the shepherd, Vicky. What is it? She's the victor over the shepherd's friendly army. That's going to be hard to remember. Just call her the victor. The victor. The champion. How about... You describe the novel. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this big bad clock. During those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this novel in an American accent. Oh. Well, that's no fun. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It's free country. I'm gonna. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do an American accent because okay. you asked. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do like Benedict Cumberbatch's American accent when he plays Doctor Strange. Okay, good. I like that. <laughs> I can live with that. But you got you got to get into the details here. Don't okay. let the accent distract you. No, I won't. You know, I'm a professional. Okay. Doctor Strange. That's good. I hit all my R's really hard. <laughs> okay, that's going to be fun. Because I am an American. Lady Nation, you're going to get 60 seconds of this <laughs> beginning now. Claudia and Janine's parents leave town to go to a conference. <laughs> Uh, and while they are gone, Claudia decides that she would like her seventh grade friends and her eighth grade friends to meet and become better friends. <laughs> so she decides to throw a party. Meanwhile, Janine wants to become better friends with Claudia as well because she broke up with her boyfriend, Jerry. <laughs> so Janine agrees to let Claudia invite over her friends for a party, but then her friends invite a bunch of other friends over, and it turns into a bigger party than they anticipated. B-plot, Melody and Bill Corman are fighting, and the Babysitter's Club needs to band together to get them to start getting along. And time. Doctor Strange. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Very good. Very good description. I hate to say it, but the accent seems to have helped you stay focused. <laughs> Should I just do that from now on? <laughs> it's a real rock and a hard place for me. 
I kind of felt like I was channeling Janine a little bit too. A little bit. You can only juggle so many things at once. Yeah. And if you've got a silly accent that you got to maintain, right? You don't have time to get diverted on some dumb bullshit. I did almost f- forget Melody's name. Melody, Corman, Corman, and Bill. Let's just dispatch the B plot really quickly because it was unimportant and unnecessary. But what the fuck is Vicky doing with this B plot? Re- the champion. The champion. What is the champion doing with this fucking resolution for the B plot? So throughout this novel, Bill Corman, who last we met him was a sweet, sweet, precious angel. Yeah. Is being vicious to his sister, pushing her down. Punching her. Punching. Just being a real asshole to his sister. I don't want to hang out with that. Calls her like a scumbag. Jack, I'm not sure about you, but this week I had a... And I only bring it up because it's related to Bill and Melody and their back and forth this Great. week. Let's hear it. Hi, Christy. Bill said, that brat isn't with you, is she? If you're talking about Melody, no. But we did want to know if you wanted to come downstairs and play Yahtzee. Yahtzee? You and me? Bill asked, his frown disappearing. And Melody, Christy added, Bill's expression grew sullen again. If I have to play with her, then can David, Michael, and Karen come over? Uh, you're grounded, Chrissy reminded him. Then may I invite David, Michael, and Karen over? Melody asked from behind Christy. David and Karen won't be able to come over if they have to be in the same room with doggy breath, Bill said, <laughs> closing his door. And that is probably true. That is true. And what I love about that is that Melody was extending the olive branch there. Yeah. She was like, well, he's grounded, so maybe I can do him a favor and get David, Michael, and Karen over. And Bill was like, that's a good idea, and I appreciate it. It's a good thought, but yeah. there's a problem with it, which is that your breath smells like a fucking dog's breath, and yeah. no one's going to want to be in the same room with you. Or that you eat dogs. And this is, I know this is something we've gotten into before, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack. Yeah. I think last time it was frog breath, or no, it was kitty litter. Kitty litter lips. We've had it with frog breath. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if I eat a lot of onions, I have onion breath, right? Right. So doggy breath. So, and I feel like this is where we normally land. Doggy breath probably means that you eat dogs. Or, yeah, or you could just have the breath of a dog, but it's unclear. Well, then it's his next burn on Melody in the same paragraph. If David Michael was here, we could play in my room. And Karen and Bug Eyes could play in her room. (laughs) So does that... By the so same law, does that mean she has bugs for eyes, or she has eyes oh. like a bug's eyes? Huh. Yeah. I tell you what I would be more afraid of, frankly. Yeah. Bugs for eyes. Yeah, same. <laughs> that would really bother me. Yeah. Yeah. Bug eyes, I feel like I could get used you to. You could get used to it. Maybe Melody has had some kind of teleporter accident. Right. And now she's a warped bug being who eats dogs yeah and that's why bill's so mean to her that fucking explains it that explains this whole plot because it didn't make sense like bill's being uncharacteristically mean doesn't want to spend any time with her doesn't even want to be in the same room as her right and then it's not explained in any way but you pick up on these context clues so vicky the champion has put it in a text for us to find yeah she was in a teleporter accident right 
and has fused with the bug. A bug of some sort. And eats dogs. Now she's a hideous, like, yeah. gooey, dripping bug humanoid. Right. And she has bugs for eyes. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. That's, but so that's just the way the teleporter, like, re scrambled her genes. Yeah. Tanner, may I tell you my burn of the week? Yes, please. It is, I think, the sickest burn in the history of the BSC. No. I think so. I would have caught it. I think it's the sickest burn. It's not fun. Okay. But it's vicious. This is Janine speaking. Your friends have no sense of D-E-C-O-R-U-M. Don't spell at me, I said. <laughs> Does, <laughs> that's already pretty. That's that's already kind of a burn on Claudia. <laughs> that Janine thought she could Janine's trip like, her up by spelling decorum. I'm going to say a big word and I'm going to spell it. <laughs> so you're going to have to struggle to know what I'm saying off the bat. Don't spell at me. Does your sense of decorum include trying so hard to make my friends like you that you can't act like the official chaperone you said you were going to be? Not one guest showed an ounce of responsibility. Would they act the way they acted here in their own homes? Janine demanded. What are you going to tell mom and dad about the vase? Janine was right behind me. That it's broken, I said, tired of arguing with her. Broken because you invited so many of your friends. You only wish you had friends to invite to a party, I said. Ooch. That's not, that's like not a fun bird, Jack. That's not a fun burn, because not only does Janine not have friends, but she just broke up with her longtime boyfriend. Jerry. She has nobody. And she's desperate to be, become better friends with Claudia this week. It's brutal what happens yeah. this week. Janine spends the first half of the book being so fucking nice. She just wants to have like special sister activities. She wants to like show her pictures on the internet. She wants to connect to her. They have this whole like sense and sensibility sub-theme that the champion has introduced. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they mention Sense and Sensibility. They mention it at one point. That Ong Lee film. Jin- yeah, that's what that is. It was. No, I know, but that's that's not the main thing that Sense and Sensibility is. But that's what they're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, they're going to rent it. When, when is this book published? 98? Yeah, so we could rent a movie, says Janine. Have you seen Sense and Sensibility? It's a superb adaptation. The Ong Lee hit Sense and Sensibility? Yeah, it's a fucking fantastic movie. It's it's the second. That's what it's primarily known for. 1995. Yeah, this definitely would have been it. Yeah, it's the second. Ong Lee's oh my Sense and Sensibility. Yeah, thank you for saying that for the fifth fucking time. It's the second best Jane Austen adaptation, film adaptation ever. You mean Ong Lee adaptation? No, it's a Jane Austen adaptation by Ong Lee. Okay. I don't think I understand, but. It's the second best. She like wrote. No. No, um, what's her face? Emma Thompson wrote the screenplay. <laughs> she wrote the screenplay adapted from Jane Austen's novel. Ong Lee movie. Jack, oh. Emma Thompson starred in it and wrote the screenplay for Ong Lee's Sense and Sensibility. Okay, you think she made it up out of whole cloth? Emma Thompson. That was in I her head. Know. I don't know where she got it, Jack. Okay, okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, the classic masterpiece of the 20th century, Ang Lee and Emma Thompson's great, great work, Sense and Sensibility. Sense and Sensibility. Yes. Yep. Thank you. It's the second greatest 
Jane Austen adaptation after the BBC Pride and Prejudice. I'm looking at IMDb and I just don't see anyone listed, okay. anyone credited as Jane Austen. Maybe I'm misremembering. But this novel, Tanner. Maybe you mean Stone Cold Steve Austen? <laughs> of course, that's what it is. I'm sure he had He's a- not in it, but I just, maybe you're thinking of another actor. He had a minor role. He played uh, Wickham. No, not Wickham. Uh, Willoughby. He played Willoughby. That was Steve Austin? Stone Cold Steve Austin is a star turn. Willoughby yeah. comes in and like smashes a can on his head. <laughs> like shotguns a beer. But does Steve Austin have a, a catchphrase? Yeah, it's Austin 316. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he has his own Bible verse. Yeah. Can of whoop ass? I think he has a thing where he says can of whoop ass too. Marianne Dashwood is like, Willoughby. <laughs> and he's like, Austin 316. <laughs> I don't know what Austin 316 actually meant. Do well, you remember? Th- John 316 is the Bible It's verse. not John 316, though, Jack. It's Austin 316. Okay. Well, fine. I was making a point. You may have lost it in the in Here, the, I'll go to, I'll go to Cora. Rush here. <laughs> okay, great. That's awesome. Because <laughs> what is I, the meaning of Stone Cold Steve Austin's 316? It's probably a reference to John it's 316. It's a catchphrase used by Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. It was born in June of 1996. At the WWF King of the Ring pay-per-view event. Okay. It's a reference to John 316. Is that what you're discovering? Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. So when Stone Cold Steve Austin... Mm-hmm. Wow, this is an incredibly complex backstory. <laughs> so Austin was fighting a character named Jake the Snake Roberts... Okay, and Jake the Snake Roberts's character was a former alcoholic who defeated his alcoholism with faith, mm-hmm. and he portrayed himself as a born again Christian. And his intro mm-hmm. promo, he would cut in pieces of him reciting the Bible verse John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin in the story of the WWE Jack. Uh huh. I'm with you. Still with you. Came in late to the match and didn't catch the entire like intro. Yeah. Jake the Snake Roberts's intro, just a little bit of it. Yeah. And what he said was, "You, you sit, sit there, there and, and you thump your Bible and you, you say, say your prayers, prayers and, it and it didn't get you anywhere." anywhere. Talk, talk about, about your Psalms. Talk about John three sixteen. Austin three sixteen says, "I just whip your ass." I just whip your ass. That is awesome. Yeah. That is so I hope cool. you go and find that actual audio and cut it in, because that's... Oh, I don't I've, think I did it justice. That's fucking incredible. And you know what's weird is I've, I've read Sense and Sensibility probably at least five or six times, and I don't remember that part at all. Yeah. It's like reliving... You describing that part of the novel to me, it was like... Just kind of brought it all back, huh? Brought, yeah, really. It felt like reliving it anew. I'm sorry, you say novel? Did you mean... I'm oh, sorry. I meant the film. Um, Tanner, I was going to say something. Uh-huh. Uh, the end of this novel, uh, v- the champion, Vicky, teases Sense and Sensibility early on, the great Ang Lee Emma Thompson collab. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then the end of this novel is basically almost word for word the end of 
Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen. I'm sorry, by Emma Stone Thompson, Steve Austin. Steve Austin, and Ang Lee. Ready yeah. for this? This is yeah. like right at the end of the book. Claudia and Janine are making things up after their vicious fight that we talked about in the burn. I suggested we do a special sister activity. I'd like that, Claudia, Janine replied. Her eyes glowed. We'll discuss the details later, but I'd like to know more about art. And I'd like to know more about computers, I admitted. Oof, that's a bad idea. No, that is a bad idea. But that's, that's how Skynet happened. That's it. basically that could be the blurb for Sense and Sensibility. One sister. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, Sense. Yeah, she knows a lot about computers, but she wants to know more about art. That's art. Eleanor. Yeah, Dashwood, and then Sensibility, and then you've got Marianne Dashwood. Sensibility. She knows a lot about art, but she wants to, she know, more to know more about computers. Together, they know about art and computers both here's the thing is i bet everyone back there would have loved to know more about computers yeah that's probably that would probably blow their minds yeah 1995 is that yeah when the film came out oh yeah oh right yeah yeah (laughs) yeah they were still pretty new that is true um tanner i'd love to take a quick break Mm. you caught me right when i was sipping a, a swig of beer so something tells me that's good good timing okay great you say goodbye Okay, I will say goodbye. Great, goodbye. Tanner, time for Jack. Uh, welcome back. Hot news segment. Did you this week have a hashtag swoon? <sighs> Moment. Care for this? I thought we agreed that we were going to try to make hashtag swoon happen. No, I don't think we did. I think if I recall correctly, you said it, and I said that's not something anyone's ever says. I feel like you went back and forth. Hashtag swoon. Hashtag swoon. Um, did you have a hashtag swoon moment? Because I, I think we're on the verge of making it happen. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Good. Do you want to do yours first, or do you want me to do mine? I'll have you do yours. Come on in, I stood aside, then shut the door behind Josh. Hi, Josh, my mom called, sticking her head around the corner. Hi, Mrs. Kishi. Thanks for letting me come over, he said. Our pleasure. Janine was watching television in the den. We'll go someplace else, I said, backing out. Too late. Janine stood up, causing the remote to flip into the air. It landed at Josh's feet. Your electronic wand, milady, <laughs> he said, handing it back to her with a bow. <laughs> Janine laughed a little too loudly, I thought. <laughs> Thank you, gallant sir, she answered. You're more than welcome to join me here. <laughs> so you're, I wrote that passage down as well because I thought it was a cool turn of phrase by Josh Rocker, Claudia's new boyfriend. Yeah. He calls the remote an electronic wand i did not mark that down it's i don't think that anything josh does hashtag swoon he was like being like a cool sort of fancy medieval gentleman i don't think you've understood milady and he like he doffs his cap and he's like "Uh, 
your electronic wand, <laughs> milady. Look, if we're gonna make this thing, yeah. Hashtag. Do you know what screw? electric wands mostly are, by the way? The cattle prod vibrators. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's that's that that is hashtag swoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because that's not what we're trying to go for with this hashtag. I don't know what we're trying to go for, man. It's a dumb hashtag. No, it's it's for when it's like okay, it's for this. Let me paint this scenario for you. Okay. You know when you see someone and they're like super dreamy, and you're like hashtag swoon. No, I've never. It's for that, Jack. I'm not sure I've ever said that ever. <laughs> if I was sitting in my living room if i were sitting in my living room if i was sitting in my living room mm-hmm. and jamie brought someone over and i stood up very quickly and the remote fell off my lap and landed at their feet yeah and they doffed their cap and said your electronic wand milady <laughs> i would be like oh yeah okay <laughs> oh oh Hashtag swoon. There we go. Okay. All right. I'll allow it. Here's mine. Claudia. Stacy looks surprised to see us. She'd been deep in conversation with Ethan, who is every bit as cute as I remembered. He was dressed all in black. Very cool. Black jeans and a black long-sleeved Ethan's shirt. cool as hell. You know who else wears black jeans and a black long-sleeved shirt, Jack? Who? Brandon Lee's the crow. <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> accurate. Oh, he's so cool. Furthering the theory yeah. that Ethan is Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee's the crow. In the crow. Yeah. Yeah. He watches art films. Did you catch the movie that they rented? Describe it to me again. Oh, Jack, I just pulled up a picture of the crow. Yeah. <laughs> he's in black jeans. And a black long and a sleeve black- shirt. He's not in black jeans. He's in black leather pants <laughs> and a black long sleeve shirt. He's so, Ethan is so cool. He I felt nervous around Ethan. And I'm just reading this fucking book. Yeah. No, and so did Josh. Here's what Josh, Josh says. Josh had a hard time. Josh says, and this is hashtag swoon as well, about Ethan. How old is Ethan anyway? Josh asked. Fifteen, I said. He was so... Josh took a bite and chewed, thinking. He... He didn't make a single mistake all night. That's how you describe Ethan. That's hashtag swoon. Yeah. Didn't make That's a pretty cool. single fucking mistake. Um, I felt nervous around him. And here's the video he rents. Uh, yeah. During the video, Josh and Logan talk quietly about sports for a while. That's cool that Josh likes sports. It's cool that they talk quietly about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan has a star turn in this book. He just like talks about sports to all the bros. What at do the you? Party. What do you? How do you think the twins are doing this? Year? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're watching a fucking movie. I think they're. I think they're doing well. Joe Maurer seems to be batting really well. K- Kirby Bucket has uh, the highest <laughs> RBI of his career. Rest in peace. <laughs> are you impressed that I knew some 1990s twins? It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. During the video, Josh and Logan talk quietly about sports for a while. Then Josh leaned his head back against the couch and closed his eyes for a few minutes. The movie was pretty boring. I wondered if Ethan had chosen it because it didn't seem like something Stacy would ordinarily watch. It had subtitles and beautiful scenery, but not much happening. I wasn't even sure what it was about. I guess all the copies of Mask of the Avenger were already rented, Josh whispered to me toward the end of the movie. (laughs) 
Subtitles and beautiful scenery. But it's also dreamy as hell of Ethan to be like, they went to Blockbuster and he like went into the back room and picked out some fucking crazy art film. You know what this makes me think of, Tanner? I'm looking up what movie I suspect it is. Okay. Could have been, let's see, subtitles, beautiful scenery, maybe a- Kurosawa? Sajit Ray. Oh, okay. Oh, Kurosawa's good too. Yeah. Although Kurosawa's movies were always pretty stark. Sajit Ray is like the beautiful Indian countryside though. That's a cool thing to select as a 15-year-old at the fucking blockbuster. Ooh, how about Wings of Desire? Uh, with Have you ever uh, seen that? Columbo? Columbo? Yeah, isn't Columbo in it? Is he? Yeah. It's about like angels in Berlin. Yeah. Oh yeah, Peter Falk, he is in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's another alternative. Did you notice this, Tanner? That throughout this novel, they keep this is something that Vicky does. They keep referencing The Champion? The Champion. They yeah. keep referencing watching a video. Did anyone talk like this in the nineties? Oh, I love okay cola. Claudia and I are perfectly capable of cooking for ourselves. And Daria. It'll be fun, won't it, Claude? Planning meals, cooking them. We can rent a couple of videos. Yeah, people probably Okay, say. I guess. Better than home. At least it keeps me away from my bratty sister for a while, he said. Is this a video? Abby asked, recognizing the movie. Dinner at the Rosebud Cafe, then maybe a video at Stacy's. Do you think, now, are, is your concern that this is like SpawnCon? Surely not. He knew Stacy and Marianne, even Logan. It's just dinner and a video. No big deal. I don't think that's what you say. I think you say What did you say? No, if you're renting a tape. You say we're going to watch a movie. We're going to watch a movie. Yeah, we're going to watch a movie over at my house. Maybe these are home videos. I think it's one fucking video. I think they're talking about just one video. Stony Brook has one video. They've got one video. It's like in fucking Infinite Jest. Oh, yeah. I thought, yeah, okay. Right? Sure. Which is the central premise of Infinite Jest. Is that there's You're like seeing this thing. There's one video that's so entertaining that it just enthralls you and you lose interest. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. If, have you seen Videodrome? Yeah, I was going to say Videodrome, and then you went Infinite Jest. <laughs> yeah, but Videodrome is the same kind of thing, right? It's like this one fucking like, yeah. piece of media. How about instead of a movie that no one's ever seen, a David Cronenberg movie that's no... It's, was it David Cronenberg? Hell yeah, it was. A David Cronenberg movie that's no one's ever seen, and a David Foster Wallace book that okay. no one's ever read. Mm-hmm. How about we do a more recent reference? The video from The Ring. Oh, there you go. That works too. It's all the same fucking thing, like a piece of fucking media that's so dangerous and so compelling. That you have to watch it, but then it consumes you. Yes. The, the, what they meant oh, throughout this text is the video. The they video. kept saying a video. No, exactly. But what they meant was the video. And here's what we know about it, Tanner. The movie was pretty boring. Yeah. That Ring movie was pretty boring. It has subtitles and beautiful scenery. And Infinite Jest is But not much boring. happening. So there's nothing happening. It's No, no, fuck you. That's not true. <laughs> I knew that would trigger you. <laughs> I don't want to be... I, look, I know that I'm skating on thin ice because there's a thing about bros who like Infinite Jest. Yeah, like and you. And it's not good. <laughs> it's not good to be one. But that is a fucking fantastic piece of work. And I like okay. it. And I bet. if you don't like it and you don't want to read it, you don't have to. Anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but you can okay. if you want. 
That's fine. What were you going to say? I just don't want to be I one of these bros who's telling everybody to read <laughs> Too Infinite Jest. <laughs> it's we were already good. We were already bros who told everyone to read Dune. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in the Facebook group was like, is it just bros who read Dune? Because I only know bros who have read Dune. Uh, anyway, here's what we know about the video. It had subtitles. It had beautiful scenery, and there's not much happening. So they're just sitting there watching this entertainment, this video. Yeah. All f- four of them and that Ethan has fucking chosen. He's wearing all black and he's like, it's just beautiful s- background scenes of nature. Yeah. And what then- Brackage did in this one was he took Moth's wings and taped it right to the leader. Uh, f- f- okay. Uh, <laughs> and you just run it through the projector <laughs> and it falls apart each time, but that's part of it. What is that? He filmed through the placenta. Oh, is this a video drum? <laughs> no, this is actual. <laughs> this is an actual experimental filmmaker called Stan <laughs> It Sounds like video drum. Um, I'll tell you a story that happened to me a couple weeks ago. I ha- hand created like on one of these sites that you can like. Sure, that's what people say. I created on one of these sites that you can like make T-shirt slogans a video drum T-shirt because they're not selling any. It just says Civic TV on it, which is the name of I've the company. It. I've seen your Civic TV shirt. And Videodrome. <laughs> and no one has ever gotten the reference except once when some dude came up to me and was like, Videodrome? <laughs> Have you read David Foster Wallace? I was running in the park the other day, and this dude and his girlfriend were walking. And as we approached each other, I looked at his T-shirt, and he had made a T-shirt that said Civic TV, and I oh. just like came to a dead stop. They both looked really surprised. They thought I was going to accost them, and I just looked at this dude with like wide eyes, and I just said, "Video drum," <laughs> and his girlfriend was like, "What the fuck is Look happening?" Cool ass shirt I just found on Etsy. Oh, that's a good shirt. Great. That's awesome. a good shirt. Oh, well, hey, can I can I say something? Yeah. I love that you interrupted the punchline of my story by showing me a visual thing that our listeners can't see. <gasps> Ooh, look at this cool pin. I'm oh. going to order it. Oh, it's so cool that you're doing keep continuing to do it. Oh, and here's a thing that you'll probably know about punchlines of stories. Yeah. If you get like let's say 3 quarters of the way through a punchline, it's pretty hard to then finish it. Here's the thing, Jack, uh-huh. about video drum. Because you just lost interest. You lost interest, but you didn't lose interest at the beginning when I could have salvaged it. You lost interest right at the last moment of Here's it. the thing about video drum is it's a incredibly upsetting movie. <laughs> it's very upsetting. <laughs> and I know David Cronenberg. Wait, was the fly David Cronenberg yeah. too? So this is the, the, the second David Cronenberg film we've brought up tonight. Yes. They're all incredibly upsetting and gory and graphic. But when I was watching Videodrome, I was like, this movie is really upsetting. <laughs> it's very upsetting. Yeah, it's a deeply, deeply upsetting film. Uh, Baby Nation, read Infinite Chest. And watch Videodrome. For God's it's incredibly sake. upsetting. <laughs> it's very upsetting. It's like about snuff films, but also there's like David Cronenberg body horror in it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Tanner, do you want to? Oh, what's happening? I didn't. What, are you talking to me? Yeah, because I thought you. I was about to say something and then you made a noise. You said, Dah! No, I didn't hear it. Okay. So, Janine in the. Yeah, there it is again. 
Be black. Wow. Da 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 da. Be black. Be black. Back in black. Back in black. Be black. Yeah. Is in this book. <laughs> Pete Black is in this book. Uh, so Claudia throws a party, Baby Nation. Yep. Her intentions are good. Yeah, she wants to hook up her seventh grade friends and her eighth grade friends. She's torn between her seventh grade friends and her eighth grade friends. She invites just the BSC, and then she invites, you know, Jeannie and Josh and Shira. Shira. Word gets out. Fucking. Rick Chow shows up. Austin Bentley shows up. This person that I've never heard of, Shannon's best friend from Stony Brook Day, Greer Carson. It's like the it's the waspiest name I've ever heard. Greer Carson. I thought Shannon's best friend was Anna Stevenson, but I guess it's someone called Greer Carson. Emily yeah. Bernstein, Erica Blumberg, fucking Pete Black. It's yeah. It, things get out of hand. Thank, thankfully, nobody told Alan Gray. Oh yeah, because he would have showed up and uh, caused, caused more chaos, chaos than Pete did. But yeah, but Pete when shows he made up. everyone do whippets. Oh yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story about whippets. Can I tell you my story about whippets? <laughs> Let me read this Pete passage. Right. Okay, fine. <laughs> Let me try some. Said Erica, taking the jar, icing in a spray can. Pete squirted some to his mouth. <laughs> That's gross, Christy said, grabbing it. I didn't put my mouth on it. It's good. Have some. He reached for the can and pressed the nozzle, causing a line of icing to ooze into Christy's arm. And then later, I passed Janine, who was holding up a cookie and explaining something to Pete Black on my way to the front door. Pete had a dazed look on his face. (laughs) I bet he had no idea what Janine was talking about (laughs) because he was so fucked up on whippets toasted on whippets that's yeah, awesome got everyone at that party toasted on whippets i once went with two friends of mine we thought we were being so fucking cool we went to we were probably pete black's age we went to the safeway and each of us just basically filled our basket with whipped cream yeah <laughs> like ready whip and so like there were three dudes three fucking like beavis and butthead ass dudes just like laughing there, like <laughs> with like 20 cans of whipped cream put them all on the fucking conveyor belt there's a dude in front of me a dude behind me and like it's just silent it's safeway it's like 11 o'clock the dude in front of me buys his stuff looks back at like my conveyor belt filled with whippets doesn't look at me at all just turns to the checkout guy and goes whippets (laughs) the checkout guy goes yeah, that's what I was thinking too. And then the dude behind me is like, yeah, whip it. And none of them interact with me at all throughout this entire Did process. Did they prevent you from buying the whipped cream? No, nope. I was like... So they were excited for you to do whip it. They weren't excited. They were just like, this asshole. Yeah, I remember. And then the dude just like one by one rings up my fucking whipped cream. <laughs> Baby Nation, if you don't know this... Don't do it. Don't do it. There's a thing called whippets. I don't think it's really a thing anymore. I think yeah. they've like fixed it. Hopefully. But whatever they do to pack Ready Whip into the little like aerosol containers, yeah. there's like, I don't know what it is. It's nitrous. Nitrous oxide in the top of that. And if you squeezed back in the 80s or 90s, if you squeezed the top of a Ready Whip can without getting any whipped cream out, yeah. You can inhale that nitrous and get pretty loaded. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you were a young Jack Shepard in Virginia. For like 10 seconds. It's probably dangerous. Don't do it. 
Yeah, don't do it. Um, anyway, Pete did it, and that's why he's such a fucking badass. <laughs> definitely. He's such a badass. And here's the other cool... Well, here's my question for you. Is this cool? So the party starts getting off the hook. They put on the new Blade album. There's a new Blade album. And oh, yeah. I feel like the champion could have dwelt on this more. There's a new Blade album. Tell us about it. You know? Yeah, tell us about it. Uh, but Which t- Vampire Overlord? Is he fighting this? Too? Yeah. It's the Blade the Musical. It's probably the soundtrack to Blade the Musical. They throw the Blade the Musical soundtrack on. Yeah. And everyone's like having a blast, going crazy. And then part of the chaos is the following. Austin, Rick, Pete, and Logan were watching sports news on the TV. <laughs> They're like watching Sports Center. I like that they were like the, like that, quietly talking about it. They're like, "Do you think Kirby Pocket has a good chance?" <laughs> <laughs> Pete's like getting fucking wasted on whippets, and they're just like, "Yeah, I think Chuck Knobloch is pretty strong this season." Yeah, Pete's like, "You want to go to Claudia's party? Just get fucking so fucked up on whippets, and then watch Sports Center." <laughs> Pardon the interruption is on. Actually, that's probably too late. Yeah. Um, I really relate to that kind of party going. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm going to go to a party and I'm going to like watch TV. I'm going to find my three friends that are the three dudes I exclusively hang out with at school. Yeah. Austin, Rick, and Logan. And we're going to go into a room separate from everyone else. And watch Sports Center. Yeah. And maybe do some whippets. Do some whippets. Yeah. Except for me, it wouldn't be Sports Center. It would be quietly playing Katamari Damase by myself. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Tanner, did you notice this week that Janine appears to be studying epic disasters? <sighs> I didn't. Obviously, did not. Obviously, did not. Well, let me read to you a few passages, because Janine references a number of different media. We talked about Sense and Sensibility, but she references... Ong Lee film. Yeah, the classic Ong Lee-Emma Thompson collab. It occurs to me, is, do you pronounce his name Ang Lee? Uh, probably. You're the one who's been <laughs> saying Ong. I don't know where I came up with Ong. It's almost certainly Ang Lee. Ang. Ang. Ang Lee. Ang Lee. He's Taiwanese. Yes. Um... But here's another piece of media that she references, and we all know that in these novels, Anne and whatever ghostwriter she's working with doesn't just randomly drop references to other texts without asking us to consider the intertextuality. Here's the first one. I'm reading the most fascinating book for extra credit in my English class, says Janine. It's a novel about chess. You know I don't usually enjoy fiction, but this particular plot is almost mathematical in its precision, she said. Now, you and I both know what novel she must be referring to here. Uh, Obviously. Okay. I think I figured out where I got Ong. Okay, that's fun. Avatar The Last Hairbender. (laughs) Uh, What were you saying? Do you want me to read it again? No, I got it. I don't know what she's referencing. There is no way that she is talking about anything other than Nabokov's great novel, The Lusion Defense. Okay. Yeah, that's why I didn't know. Why? Because I'm not familiar with the text. It's got to be The Lusion Defense. It's based on a true story about a chess master who is consumed by his work and eventually... I don't want to spoil the book, but things end very, very tragically. Then Janine 
references the following. No parents for three days, she said, her eyes shining. It's you and me, Claudia. Shall we consult our list of activities? There's a great special on the Discovery Channel tonight about the Titanic. 1998. It's <laughs> like, of course there is. There's probably a million specials on the Discovery Channel about the Titanic. The yeah, movie I guess just so. fucking came out. Can I tell you a story about the Titanic? The Titanic? Were you on it? Watching the film, The Titanic. <laughs> uh-huh. I watched Titanic in Scotland where I went to college with my friend Andrew and my friend Suze. And at the end of the movie, Suze was crying so hard that it like be- kind of became embarrassing. Yeah. Like she was just like heaving and sobbing and like snot all over her face and like people were looking at us. And Andrew just turned around to the crowd and said, her dad died on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We should have Andrew on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds cool. But I don't know if this is something that Janine just keeps referencing these disasters and these tragedies. And I wonder if this is something that the Scholastic Liars and the Champion and Anne are doing as we start to wrap up here. Just more blatant references to... To fire. Chaos. To chaos. To natural disasters. To personal disasters. Janine is signaling to us. Janine, the most rational of us all. Right. That things are going wrong. The seven babysitters have been shattered. And that's what this book is about in many ways, is the fracturing of that. Right. Like, Mallory is just a ghost of a person in this book. Oh, yeah. So Mallory, the moniker that haunted her from the last book, Spaz Girl, has followed her. Has followed her. That was not some passing thing. She's still constantly referred to as Spaz Girl. She goes to this party of Claudia's and knocks over a vase, and it shatters. She's just like a bumbling idiot. She's a shell of a person. She has like shadows under her eyes. When's the last time we even had a Jesse book, right? Like, Jesse is a non player at this point. Right. Dawn is gone. Dawn has transcended this mortal plane. Dawn is not just gone, but like. Barely warrants a mention. Barely warrants a mention. It's all coming apart. It's powerful stuff. I think that Vicky and Anne end this novel with a glimmer of hope. It's filled with disaster. It's filled with chaos. And the chaos symbolizes the fracturing of this club. But the novel ends with a possibility that says, you know what? Maybe we're not going to have the seven babysitters united as one to beat back these factions that threaten to destroy the world in a fiery end. Yeah. But maybe, just maybe, we can form a new circle of warriors. We can cobble together with the fighters who still remain to us something, something that can beat back this evil, whatever the odds. And the novel ends in the following way. As I watched and listened, I realized that the BSC and my 7th grade friends would probably never be one big group. But right now, they were fitting together pretty well. Christy leaned on the back of my chair, her arm resting on my shoulder. Shira knelt on the floor between Josh and me. Marianne pulled a chair up to the table, and in the tight quarters, our knees touched. I reached out and put my hand over Josh's making this circle complete. Powerful. Powerful. You know what it reminds me of? What? 
the end of Ong Lee's Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Is that what happens at the end of that great classic work so. by Ong yeah. or Ang Lee? Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin reaches his hand out. Yeah. And grabs Emma Thompson's hand. Yeah. And in that moment. Yeah. They are infinite. Oh, you know what I realized, Tanner? Yeah. When that dude turned around to the clerk and said, whip it, I should have said, no, whoop ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, Shepherd 316, <laughs> I just whipped your ass. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's cool. Can we make Shepherd 316 a thing? Uh, we could try. Maybe we could do shirts. Yeah, we'll do shirts. <laughs> Bit.ly slash BSCC merch, Baby Nation. Buy your Shepherd 316 shirt. <laughs> yeah. Please do go to bit.ly slash BSCC merch and buy some shirts. Buy a I'm Jack Shepherd pin. Hopefully pin we'll get a I Tanner Green Ring pin. I wouldn't bother with that, but hopefully we will get a hashtag swoon t-shirt up there. Yeah. Uh, Tanner, shall we get the fuck out of here? Oh, okay. Yep. What do you think? Yeah, I would love to. Okay. Have to get on a 21-hour flight tomorrow, Jack. Baby Nation, thank you for bearing with us. Tanner, thank you for bearing with me. Baby Nation, please hey, take no a problem, moment. Bud. You're great. Thank you. Baby Nation, please take a moment to rate and review our show on iTunes. And if you haven't already, get yourself one of those sweet, sweet t-shirts at bit.ly slash bscc merch. Recommend the show to a friend if you haven't yet. And thank you to everybody who's left us reviews recently. They have been so lovely to read, and we genuinely are grateful for your wonderful reviews and we don't thank you enough for them thank you so much and thank you to everyone on the baby nation facebook group because a you're great and it's fun interacting with you on a daily basis but there's been a lot of great conversations lately especially around what the heck we're gonna do when we run out of books yeah in nine books i'm enjoying reading all that speculation we have some thoughts we have some ideas we won't spoil anything or decide anything prematurely but rest assured we're gonna keep going for the foreseeable future yep tanner this week we read a book that was called claudia's big party next week we're gonna be reading a little book called stacy mcgill matchmaker question mark how could a nerd be a matchmaker? <laughs> yeah, impossible. She doesn't know anything about love. Maybe it's me- meant to be math maker. Yeah, math maker. I think it's math maker <laughs> and it's a typo. It's a typo. Yeah. Which I guess we blame on Hodges. Yeah, that's probably let's we could put that on Hodges. Yeah. It took too much acid that day. Stacy McGill math maker is next, baby nation. And we're closing in T minus nine. Yikes! That's terrifying. Remember when we started this, Jack, and we said we were going to do the 35 oh, yeah. <laughs> Ann M. Martin Penn books, and that's it? And each episode was going to be strictly 45 minutes? Yeah. Baby Nation, this week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. And I'm Tanner Green. This week, and have been Baby Nation... Please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do, baby nation. Remember the Delaney's. What's my thing now? Oh, for God's sake, come on, it's been three times. Baby nation, remember the trip man. Remember the trip man. (laughs) 
You can't if you can't do it. How can we ask them to? Tanner, remember the trip, man. If you can't do it, how can we ask them to? It's not. I, it's not that I'm forgetting the trip, man. I just forget my prompt. Wow, baby nation, take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just just been been. Invented. I don't love that you're saying it along with me now. Actually, the movie Existence is like an update of. Videodrome by David Cronenberg that's slightly less upsetting. Well, I don't want it to be slightly less upsetting. <laughs> it's pretty upsetting. I would just go for the full experience. It's got that hashtag swoon actor in it. What's his name? Jude Law. Oh, okay. Yeah. He is hashtag swoon. It's a thing, right? It feels good. Yeah. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>